Hello, and welcome to episode 94 of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers. Bye, writers. To keep you writing. I'm Marshall. I'm Nick. I'm Brent. And I'm Will. Gentlemen, this is our first solo episode in a while, and solo meaning the four of us all together in one room, no guests. Well, wow. this is, I feel like that it's has... been a long time, <laughs> but yeah. I think it's only been a couple months. Have we done that at all this year? I don't. I, I actually. Just the four of us? Maybe. I don't think I so. Don't know. I don't think so. I don't... <laughs> time, is, time is weird right now, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, but we are here all together. So why don't we, why don't we just relish in that and talk to each other? Uh, who wants to go first? What are we doing? Why are we here? Will or Brent? Go. I say Brent. You go. Why <laughs> <laughs> me? Damn it! Look, All right, um, I can get this job. I'll get it started here. Wait, okay. no. Okay. You know what? I'll get it started because I'll I'll be the moderator right now. Okay, um, <laughs> Brent. Um, first yes. we have to talk about um, you have so many upcoming projects and. Everyone needs to. Uh, we're going to put links in the show notes. Moving okay. forward, every every show moving forward is going to have links to Brent's novella that's coming out that we're so excited about, and that we're going to have a whole episode talking about this amazing novella that I can't wait to talk about. But first, Brent, why don't you kind it's of give fine. our listeners like a a rundown of the novella that you're working on that comes out in October? God, um, okay, so terrifying. Um, I think it might actually be September, um, which yes, is even earlier. more terrifying. Yeah, ter- horrible, terrifying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's coming out in September. Um, I am currently actually still waiting on final edits for it, so that should be happening soon. Uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, this, this is... There's a bit of nerves in the process, of course, this being my first longer thing ever being out there. Um, and also, too, having read some of the other people who I'm with in the Neon Hemlock, I'm like, good God, they are really, really talented. And this is what I'm not up against because it's not a competition. But, you know, it's just just very much like I want to make sure that I represent well with the rest of the group because they all are they all put together some really really interesting stories. So, um, my, uh, mine's is at least what Dave tells me. I think mine's is the, the biggest of all four, because I think mine's is like almost close to that 40 K mark for the novella to, you know, still qualify as a novella. So yeah, which is nice. Actually, I didn't want my, I didn't want my book, my book to be too thin. I wanted to have a little bit of presence. So that's nice. Um, the cover reception was, yeah, what's the title? Can you tell us the title? Oh, sure. Title. Uh, the title is A Necessary Chaos. So basically, the whole gist of the story is that it is... Um, when I wrote it, I wanted to write something that was kind of like light and fun and, you know, sexy, but also still focused on like, you know, two gay men because it's just not... I feel like... that Now you're starting to see a lot more of it. So I just want to kind of contribute to that conversation. But I think for a while, there wasn't enough light, fluffy, like queer content out there. Everything was just very like dramatic and serious and and impressive. And those stories matter and those stories still matter and still needed. But I just wanted to see more of those. Like, why can't I just ride a dragon? I always say this. Why can't I just ride a dragon? Why do I have to like, why does like my race and my sexuality have to play like, a central role to every story that I that I'm a part of. So I kind of want to, you know, um, live up to my own words and live up to my own demands and write a story that was light and fun and you know, just kind of a not not. I don't know if it's romantic. Yeah, I guess it's romantic. But for me, it's more like a. It's more. I like. I think of it more as like less of like a rom com and more like a. a like a romantic thriller, maybe? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. That might be a good way to put it. But the um, the idea behind the story is basically it's about these two guys. One is, you know, uh, a fuck the man, tear down the whole system type of guy. And, you know, he, he works as part of this sort of like um, this anarchist or terrorist, depending on the point of view, um, group. 
and you know, and the other one is this. Uh, he considers he considers himself a patriot for like you know this um like almost like a CIA like James Bourne kind of do for this uh for this sort of corporate empire, and so you know it's all. It, I don't try to get too deep because I just feel like I don't know if I have the range to get that deep, but I did want to make it. Uh, I see the face you're giving me. Okay, well, I just wanted something that was more surface level. And I want something that was kind of like just fun. It didn't require that amount of thinking that, you know, you could see the mm-hmm. maybe the edges of a deeper conversation, but it's more meant to be fun. So... I hear you. So you really wanted to create something light and fun because you are deep and you can write things that are deep and everything else. So I don't ever want to hear that ever come out of your mouth again. <laughs> like I'm not having it. I, um, I kind of saw that coming. Yeah, to be honest I, with know, you. I did. I did. I did. As soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh, why not?" Give me Look, a break, Brent. Brent, do you just like to be picked on or something? Like, do you <laughs> no, like to be told I, the, the the harsh truth the way it is? It's like this, no, everyone. Wait, let me just interrupt you, Brent. It's like this. It's like when Brent's like, "Oh my God, they're commenting on my muscular arms that are so big. Stop, everyone!" And then suddenly he's like flexing. He's looking at himself and he's flexing. <laughs> and he's like, "Stop, everyone! Stop! I can't believe it. I'm so embarrassed." I'm like. All right, whatever. Okay. No, I try to. I, I I want to. I don't ever want to be one of those people who's like an arrogant asshole. Like I try to like. I want to always try to like have some degree of humility about things. But it, I mean, yes, I, I think I probably could, if I wanted to get deeper with it, I probably could have. But I just want something that was you know, a, just a lighter story. Like I mean, I I think it's lighter. Now watch it comes out and people are like, oh, actually, you really did kind of get dark. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll, uh, it's kind of it's hard for me sometimes to like objectively like pitch my work. I guess so. Yeah, yeah that's what I wanted to go for. But the cover, though, now that's Covers one thing I can good. talk about and being very, very, very much in love with. The cover came out amazing, and like it has had such a good reception. And Kathy Kwan was just phenomenal. Like I don't think I could have asked for a better first cover. So. That part of the experience has been great. And working with Neon Hemlock has been amazing. Like, I don't, you know, because I think at first, I won't lie, there was a little bit of, like, insecurity about it being, oh, it's a smaller press. I don't know. Do I really want that to be the first thing? But it's like, you know what? Shut the fuck up, Brent. Like, no, this is great. You're having a great experience. This guy, Dave, is being amazing. He's letting you have all this input. You're getting to, like, really be through it every step of the way. And I'm like, when will I ever get that again? I don't know. I know I won't ever get it with the big five. They'll never, ever give you that amount of freedom. So it's like, you know what? Like, yeah, this is a great experience. This is really a phenomenal way to like have your first longer piece come out into the world. So. And then not only that, but you're also working on an anthology and could you um, talk about, you know, kind of what the theme of that anthology is and maybe give our listeners a little preview of the magnificent work you're going to put in it? So I have two, actually, anthologies. Um, that oh, okay. Well, see, <laughs> this time I actually did what you said. I didn't try to be. I, didn't I, try know, to be. I know. I'm only fucking with you. I'm only fucking <laughs> with you. <laughs> I did what you said. It's like, okay, anyway, so the first one is... um. It's a black horror anthology, and it is uh, it's basically me and some really a bunch of really cool um, black authors that are like kind of like doing like a like a horror anthology, kind of in the spirit of uh, at least when they pitched it, they said it's like kind of like in the spirit of like a Jordan Peele type thing. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it. I think it's just a black horror anthology, but you know they have to throw something fancy on to make white people buy it. But um, <laughs> my my particular story in that book, uh, it it was the idea towards to execution turned out very very different. Um, but the idea of the story is basically there's uh, there's this black gay uh, teenage boy and um, his mom was basically um, she was a clairvoyant. And she's in this mental institution for people who who are, end up getting driven mad by their clairvoyancy or whatever. And he um 
he's starting to have visions too and he's scared that he's going to end up just like his mother and the story basically is about um what his visions mean and what actually and there's actually something a little deeper about behind his visions and like time itself so yeah that's that's the one without giving too much away the little horror anthology um right now the title of the anthology is um no harm done but i think they're going to change it so whenever they change it out remember to mention it but the other anthology that i'm dealing with is um is a cyberpunk solar it's like a cyberpunk slash solar punk anthology so i've never written a cyberpunk story before but i love cyberpunk so you know i was kind of like ah this would be cool uh don't want to give too much away about that because that's still like very on the early stages but i can say thank god because i was not sure when i wrote it and sent it off i was like I don't know if this is working. I don't know if it's good. But the editor was like, no, this was exactly what I was looking for. So thank goodness. Oh, I was cool. super concerned. So basically, the cyberpunk story I did is that, um, like, I love rave culture. I love, you know, techno. I love house. I love that whole scene. So that whole scene is, like, cyberpunk as hell. Like, I don't think people think enough about, like, how cyberpunk that scene is. But, I mean, I, I was just at EDC in may last month like there's kids walking around with like blinking sunglasses you know people have like they they have like little light whips that they're dancing with like it's very cyberpunk i mean all the stages is like like futuristic looking so you know i was like that scene never really gets invoked invoked enough i think into um into science fiction stories unless and this this is one of my biggest issues with the batman movie that just came out it's like I hate how like that scene is only ever depicted as like one that's like full of drugs and full of like like underground dirty stuff. It's like always connected with crime. And really and truly, that scene is where you see a lot of social revolution happening. You see a lot of people pushing back against like certain societal norms. So I wanted to play on that part of the scene in a cyberpunk way. And again, can't give too much away because it's still super early, but. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, me invoking the rave scene as like a revolutionary tool against, you know, oppressive forces. So those are the two. And um, before we move on to um, Marshall and Nick, I want to talk about like now that you, you know, you have deadlines, right? So that's kind of transforming the way that you're working. Um, what are you trying to work on as far as like, are you working on a novel? Are you trying to write more short stories? And like, how has that energy been with it since you also are backed up with deadlines with projects coming out? So I'm not gonna lie, the deadlines have like definitely for a little bit and i you know i had to work i had to work to find the the joy again because for a little bit those deadlines were like sucking the joy out of writing and it was just like shit this really feels like work and i'm not sure if i'm like loving this feeling right now but also i had to kind of check myself a little bit too it was like five years ago this was all i ever wanted and now that i have it you know i mean of course that doesn't mean i can't have concerns or issues with it but at the same time it's like i had to give myself a little kick in the ass and be like look this is what you wanted you have it now and you need to like figure out how to navigate it so yeah i I had to find my way back to you know like having joy in some of the work again and um i do i am working on a novel so that's like my main thing right now because actually besides for my edits I think I'm good. Like I'm good on any new draft. I don't have to draft anything new right now. Everything is just me waiting on edits for stuff. So I actually have time drafting time again to dedicate to a novel, which I'm working on. So I tweeted about it the other day. This is a real simple, simple pitch for it. I've talked about it a couple of times actually, but so the pitch, I guess it would be the simple, the most simplified way of it is like if, um, if Jean Grey and Anakin Skywalker were in conflict with each other as they both were aggressively transforming into the Dark Phoenix and Darth Vader, that's kind of like the, the gist of the novel. It's um, 
as I was writing it, because I let I let Nia and, and um, LP actually read the first act because I was like, I was like, is this shit? Because I don't know if it's shit, but I'll just stop now. I don't want to waste time on it if it is. And both of them kind of like were like, absolutely not. Like you need to keep working on it. So as I was writing it, I was realizing like, I was like, this is actually two villain origin stories happening in this work. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. Um, it kind of, it, it's like, it's like a little pot of all my favorite things. So, you know, there's a little bit of like, there's a little bit of Game of Thrones. There's a whole lot of X-Men. There's some black ballroom culture in there. Obviously gay things happening, you know. So just like this little little recipe of shit that I really like. And um, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But that's that's kind of where I'm at. Love it. Um, now we'll go to Nick. Nick, why don't you tell us what you've been working on and, you know, your projects that you have in um, cooking up? I'm thinking we're in between semesters right now for school. We start back up here in a couple of weeks. But uh, And can you yeah, tell everyone, <laughs> you know, if it's a first time listener just ever listening to the podcast, can you kind of talk about what yeah. you're going to school okay. for and like where it's at and what the program has been like? Yeah, so we just finished our, Marshall and myself, we just finished our first full year at Western Colorado University's MFA program for creative writing, um, specifically genre, genre fiction, fiction, which we are like one of five programs in the country that currently do it, and we're kind of, the program's leading the way for other schools to adopt genre fiction as a major concentration, not just a semester of class, um, which has been really good, which means anything that falls under the banner of fiction. I've studied this last year, um, which is crazy to think about because you've got Westerns, romance, science fiction, fantasy, anything you can think of, um, historical fiction. So it's been a, a, a year of lots, lots and lots of readings um, and just being on top of stuff, which is good. Um, but currently we're, we're working on our thesis projects. And what our thesis is, is we have to write a full-length novel up to 90,000 words. I think it's um, 80, a, actually. Is it 80? I think it's 80,000 80, words is, is how big it can be, but as little as like 60. But yeah, so we're working on our thesis projects right now where we have to do our summaries, outlines, first page, first chapter, all due by this summer so we can workshop it. But that's that's been my focus the last couple months. Well, I have a couple questions before you think you're going to move on. Um, my first question <laughs> is, you know, you, um, like, I think out of all of us were the most, um, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way at all, but you were really heavily reading a lot of traditional high fantasy. And oh, yeah. um, since you've been on the podcast, you've like expanded so much. But also now that you've been in school, like you've actually read romance, you know, and I want, yeah. I want, I want you to talk about like going so far from what you would think you were going to read, let alone have to practice writing in. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, yeah. So first and foremost, like for me to get away from reading traditional fantasy, white male fantasy, um, which is what I've always been exposed to and being able to read something like romance uh, and actually enjoy it. Um, it's an inward look. You've got to get rid of your own internal biases um, in order to do that though, uh, in my opinion. And so kind of, you know, being on the podcast, being exposing myself to everything else that is out there, it helped out a lot to be able to, recognize what I was biased against and like read against it anyways and like kind of squash that and have a better understanding of storytelling and stuff like that. Okay. And um, can you talk about also like you're also doing Western, you know, and I, I want to say from someone who's read some of your work since you've read romance, since you've read Western, since you've read mystery, I can tell in your writing already that you've kind of merged some of those plot beats and some of those uh, things that you've been studying into like your current work. So can you talk about like how studying those separate genres have really affected you and growth as a writer? Yeah. Well, so 
I'll talk about those two specifically. Um, romance, right? Everyone thinks romance, love, ooey gooey, gushy stuff. Like, oh, it's the love triangle. It's Twilight. It's this. It's that. Really, though, what, what romance does really well is communication verbally, non-verbally, through touch, through senses, and things like that. Uh, romance is, to me, it helped me write the five senses better. It helped me drive story with physical touch and not having to say anything. Uh, it drive, drive story without physical touch just between two people, whether it's platonic or a romantic relationship, right? Um, and the other thing you don't understand about romance until like, well, at least I didn't understand until we started reading it and studying it is romance is not love. Romance is the relation, the exploration between the relationship of characters. Um, and so once you kind of understand a little bit more, you can take romance principles and apply it to a friendship uh, in a story, in fantasy now. And you start getting that dynamic between two different people that you would see in a, in a romance. There's just not, the love connection is just not there. Western, um, in which, by the way, romance for me, I, I love the physical aspects of romance and what it brings into the story. It's by far my favorite. Um, Western, on the other hand, very problematic genre. Very, I mean, I don't encourage a lot of people to read what's out there. That's not written in the last 10 years, I would say. Um, but what Western does really well is they use the landscape as character, um, which brings about Rebecca Ronahorse's Trail of Lightning. Fantastic book. Western theme, right? It's Rebecca against nature and stuff like that, or as she wrote it, her main character there. Um, it really helped me like bring elements of the of the world into my writing as, as more of a character, something that can help drive my plot or slow my characters down, be an obstacle without having to even be so blunt. I love it. Um, now Marshall, uh, you are also in the uh, Western program with Nick. So why don't you tell us what, you know, uh, first, what have you been working on writing wise and we can take it from there. Yeah. I don't I, I have a couple things going on right now. I've been focusing on the thesis stuff for sure. Um, we got basically the green light on the, we, we had to submit three pitches and the professors basically said, this is the one I want you to explore for your thesis. Now we could have obviously pushed back on a little bit, but I knew they were going to go with the one that, um, the one that I'm going to end up writing, which I'm excited about. Uh, and I haven't, dug in too much. My summer break just got going. I have huge chunks of time, you know, this week and then in, in the next couple of weeks to deal with it. But, um, I'm kind of trying to give myself a little bit of a break because, uh, you know, life, but at the same time, I, I'm excited to, to dig into this one. It's basically, it's a black space opera. Um, and I'm excited, you know, to see, um, it's kind of in my head, like, um, it's it's sort of a, I guess the expanse sort of meets uh, apocalyptic, almost horror zombie stuff a little bit. But I'm I'm I, I don't I don't have the pitch nailed down, obviously. But I'm really excited about it. Um, and I and I like it. It has to do with just moving black folks from one place to the next, and what that means, and who gets leadership next. And then what about the people in the middle? You know, you've got this group of mercenaries that is charged with moving these people uh, with power, you know, from one to the next, but everybody's got their own corruption and, and shit they're dealing with. And so that's kind of the premise for the story. And I'm, and I'm really excited to dive into that, but I haven't, I haven't done too much with it yet. I'm actually secretly working on another project with that same world um, as well. And I'm also slated to take a screen play screen writing class, um, in the fall, which I'm stoked about too. Um, well, I forgot about the fall stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Too. The fall stuff's happening. So we've got the screenwriting. I think Nick's in that group too. Um, so I'm looking forward to that and I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just giving, I'm honestly giving myself a little bit of a break. I have got a couple of things I might that I've worked on this last year that I want to submit to a couple places, but I don't think I'm really going to do it. I just like the idea of thinking about doing it. Um, and 
So my question is, when you say you're thinking about doing it, but you're not, yeah. why are you cock blocking yeah. yourself? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. No. Uh, and, the, and the main reason being is because since I'm in this program, I'm not really supposed to be actively submitting stuff to places. Like that's kind of like the unspoken sort of like, Hey, you know, you're working on these things and I know they're really cool, but like, you're not really supposed to be out like trying to like get your stuff published. And I, and they haven't said you can't, I just haven't, I'm not like, chomping at the bit to do it, but I do have a couple of stories I'm really happy with and that are really in a solid state and I want to put out there and I'm, and I think I'm going to, I just haven't yet. So don't get mad at me yet. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying like, don't, don't cock block yourself. Um, and I want to know like, what do you feel like in the first year of your program? Um, whether it was there genres that you've never read before that you then like really loved and that you loved writing it? I would say romance. I, I really dug the romance unit and I think it helped that it was first and we really spent a lot of time in there. Um, and there was a kind of a wide uh, breadth of like, you know, of types of stories you read, you know, we read, I mean the time traveler's wife, everybody's probably heard of now because of the, the TV show, but the book was really, really good. Uh, we read that. We read a you know a historical romance. Um, what was it? Uh, something Union. Anyway, is that really the good, one by Alyssa Cole? Yes. Yeah. Extraordinary yes. Union. Extraordinary Union. That's it. Yeah, yeah I love so, her fantastic stuff. read. So I mean, you know, I loved reading what we read. We and and the fantasy surprised me too. Like the Goblin Emperor is a trip. Like reading through that is like not the kind of fantasy like you would think, but it like it was good. we read Jade, you know, the first Jade um, or Jade city. And that was good. Um, yeah, no, I'm really, I really enjoy the first year um, and being able to bounce the ideas off of people just craft wise and stuff. Uh, when it came to those type, those books and those genres, I actually really enjoyed the Western. I think the most, the Western unit, um, but it wasn't really for the books necessarily. Like, um, uh, trail of lightning was amazing. I really liked and true grit, true grit was cool. Um, and the books were good, but I liked the idea so much of what a modern possibly black Western could be. Um, it really intrigued me. I ended up watching, um, the movie I was telling you guys about that came out on Netflix with, uh, Regina King, um, and the, the name just flew out of my head, but the black Western that came out, that was a really cool take on what modern Westerns I think could be. Um, the harder they fall, the harder they Idris fall. Elba. Thank you. It's Alba and, 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 them. and I, if you and haven't seen it, you have to, you have to watch it. And, and so I like the idea eventually of writing. There's this, I have this pitch of a historical black Western. I want to write of like this little town in Kansas where these black folks former slaves migrated to called Nicodemus. And I want to really want to write this story. I'm not going to make that my, you know, my debut novel by any stretch of the imagination, but I really want to write that at some point in some way, shape or form, whether it be, you know, it could be a novella or something like that. So anyway, um, I I'm enjoying the program a lot. I'm procrastinating a little bit right now just to get my life in order. Um, but, um, with my thesis stuff, but I'm, I'm stoked to see where I go next. So that's where I'm at. That's great. So, um, I guess now next your we turn. can, yeah, I guess it's my turn. You knew someone had to turn on you. What are you working on? Yeah, what are you up no, to? No way. Yeah. What's done, happening? Done. <laughs> what's going on with you, man? Yeah. Well, as far as what you're working on. And stuff. Well, yeah, I don't, I think we just briefly talked about it with each other. Maybe we didn't, maybe I think I did and I didn't, but we haven't talked about it on the podcast. I, uh, submitted my young adult novel which got nine revised and received resubmits and one offer. Thanks. And the one We're offer clapping for people not benefiting from the uh, video feed. We're clapping for him. Yes. Continue. The one thing I did do was actually turn down that offer of representation, which was really hard to do. Um, because it just was not a right fit. And after kind of asking for advice from authors who are signed with an agent, um, they 
made me feel a lot better because they were like, you did the right thing. I'm not going to revise and send to all to those agents. Um, I will revise and send to one of them who I actually had a really lovely conversation at some point, at some point, I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing with it now. Cause a lot of the feedback I got was really great, but it's also, I think from the time that I actually wrote it, which I finished it in 2018. And then I just kind of reviewed it this year. Um, I might've changed so much as a human being. So I um, have decided not to, I'm just going to hold the brakes on it. Cause I really need to kind of think about what I want to do. I'm still working on my one novel, which is like a space opera heist. Um, I wrote, I took a short story and turned it into a novella. I wrote another novella length piece. And then I think I wrote like a new short story that just are all works in progress. So, you know, I think that's busy. You're also in school and stuff too, right? I mean, yeah, I'm getting another degree. I'm getting an art specifically illustration. Cause the idea kind of how I kind of want to see things is that I want to do like a book. I mean, this is like crazy. I would like to do a book and a graphic novel a year eventually. Yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, I will say, and I guess this is good that I'm saying this now, uh, starting in January of next year, I will re- will release a Webtoon series on Webtoon that will be coming out weekly. Um, the first one, the first, I'm going to work on two different projects. Part of this was because I was doing it sort of for school to show that I have more work and some more creative ideas. But one of it is called um, Indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of a horror uh, ghost series and about possession. Um, And then the next one, uh, what I'm planning on doing, I'm actually drawing everything now, plotting it out. Um, I'm going to give it to my beta readers in November and December. And then I will have six months of the webtoon completed. So that way on January 1st, I have an episode a week. Um, That's awesome. Three months from there, I'm going to release another webtoon series and I have two in mind that I might do, but I'm going to make sure that I'm again, six months ahead of the game. And part of this is more as a way to challenge myself artistically. Um, The only way that I can progress is if I give myself some deadlines and some, this helps me learn really quick. So really it's not just as going to be fun, but it'll also challenge me to, write in a script format better and it'll challenge my drawing skills especially and if anyone doesn't know about webtoon you can self-publish your own stuff through canvas um and it comes out weekly and then you get enough subscribers you can go from there um and then they could pick it up as an original but i'm not even worried about that this is purely like me you know doing that so that's awesome though dude i mean that's I don't know. That's super exciting. I feel like we're all excited about what we're doing, <laughs> which is, I think, important, right? Right. No, that's, that's, yeah. You don't want to be miserable and like hate what you're doing. And well, there was one thing I forgot to mention, I guess. Um, so, Malka's uh, book cover oh, yeah. came out recently, and that's pretty exciting. We're getting close, closer to that book being out in the world. So, it will be my first editing credit through well not first editing credit because i that i had the one anthology through tour first but first longer form i guess editing credit so yeah that's awesome it's funny I'm, malka is actually to bring it full circle one of our professors so that's hilarious so your co-host <laughs> is, is editing one of your professors yeah that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look yeah. I said at the end of my first semester, it was like, oh, man, I really wish I would have gotten some more feedback from Malka this last year, last semester. <laughs> and then Malka gave me, was the only one giving me feedback for a semester. <laughs> I have been improved as a writer. <laughs> She's great at 
You're fine. Keep going. Yeah, she's she's just great at everything. I mean, the feedback shit that she gives, how she can see things that you don't like. I wasn't seeing ahead of time, and like, she's really good at structure too. Um, and boys, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. There's, I'm I'm excited for her book to come out. Yeah, I'm really really happy with like the reception it's getting so far, but like the voice of this novella is just so like. So 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 well done. But when does yeah. it come out, Brent? Uh, next year. Um, beginning of next year. I want to say like January or February of next year. I can't remember exactly. But. Okay, I thought it was coming out in twenty twenty three because they just did the cover yeah, reveal yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, they did the cover reveal, and so yeah, and um, yeah, and also you know I have a few other editing things in the background that I'm working on. So we'll see if anything comes of those, but yeah, but I'm excited for my I think it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, uh, I think a lot of people will like this book. That's awesome. Marshall, you hey, look gents. like you're going to say something. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about what I want to talk about with you guys. And like, we don't, we don't get to just sit down with the four of us too often. So like, I guess to round out the episode, cause we're, I mean, this is, we're, we're about there. I, I really think, um, since this might be one of the last times, not one of the last times, but in the next couple of months, we're going to have a lot of things going on. Um, so I'm going to throw out to all of you in order. I'm not going to go first, but, um, what are, what are we, I guess, what are we, what are we most worried about and what are we most excited about with, in regards to writing in the next couple of months? Brent, you're up. Ooh. Okay, um, most ex- most worried about, honestly, I think I'm most worried about, so I don't want my um, momentum to fizzle out, I guess. Like, I feel like I'm getting to a point where there, well, I guess, no, I'm not getting to that point. So I just want to make sure, like, because I know, I mean, I can be honest, I know I have, eyes on me for this novella and I know that people are looking at this novella and I want and I want to make sure that you know if it's received well that I have that I have something to follow it up with or something I can be like hey this is coming this is something I have out there soon because I've also noticed recently like I haven't been on I haven't been in social social media as much and and I, honestly, I'm happier without being on as much. But I know that's also part of the industry too. So it's like trying to trying to balance that. And I've noticed recently, I've had like a few agents all of a sudden out the blue, like start following me and stuff. So it's just like I feel like a little bit of pressure. And it's like you know, so I want to make sure that it doesn't it doesn't drop and it's received well, and then I don't have anything else going on for like months. Right. So I guess my thing I'm worried about is between now and the release of it that like I want to have something that's either finished or mostly finished or something that I can be like, okay, well you like this. Well, this is coming your way soon or I'm going to query with this soon or something. So I guess that's my concern. But what I'm most excited about though is, um, I am excited to have it. I guess the exact same thing, but just different. I'm excited to have it out there, you know, finally. Like, this is the culmination of, like, years of years of work and stuff finally yeah. manifesting into something that I'm actually going to be able to hold a book with, you know, in my hands that's not an anthology. That's just strictly 100% my stuff. So, that, yeah, that would be... I'm excited about that. But, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to make sure I don't want to I don't want to lose momentum. So yeah. So I guess that, that would be my follow up right, question well, for you, Brandon. I, I, I was going to oh, throw it to follow up. Okay. No, go <laughs> I got to follow up. I got to follow up. So okay. I mean, cause right. I, I hear everything you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it, it's a lifelong goal to have that piece. That's just yours being held in your hands. Yeah. And that's happening. Right, you're you're right around the corner from that. Right. What are your next goals? What's your next lifetime achievement in regards to um, writing? Like, what do you want? What's your next step? Where you want to go next? 
Well, I mean, I definitely want an agent at some point. Like, that's like the big thing because that's like the the next step is you know to to be able to have that um oh book contract announcement oh you know coming out through I, I mean a big five would be nice because big five means money you potentially so I mean that would be nice so yeah that would be I think that's the next I feel like that's the next obvious step for me is to try to have something that you know can get me an agent and I mean the the stories with agents and how people get them are varied and and they differentiate so who knows someone may like the novella enough and be like hey let me sign you but i you know i don't know how likely that is or unlikely but um i think that is the that is the next goal for me is um i I mean, if I'm if I'm going to be at the level I want to be at, I, I have to have representation. So that is like the next level. Yeah. Well, I wish all that for you. Same. Will? Same. Um, no, I was just going to say, you know, I was talking to one of my clients, um, Megan. I'm sure you're listening to this. Um, Hi, Megan. She is, an, she is an editor at Random House. And I actually brought you up, Brent, specifically. And... Um, she was saying that, you know, I said, you know, I don't understand, like, you know, um, we know of people who haven't put as much effort into their work and it's like certain agents will grab them and then really work their hardest to develop them. And then others that we see who have so much potential through their short stories and novels, we don't see that. And what, um, she was just saying that as an editor, they've really been asking a lot of the agents um, how they go about developing their writers, if at all, because she just says it's been her experience that like when an editor uh, even sees someone who, you know, has short stories out there, has novels out there and they develop them. She was like, as an, as an editor on the other end for the big five, um, she always found those writers to be able to uh, adapt quickly and like really have the best type of um energetically with their editors that they uh can give they can give feedback really well they can take feedback really well and be able to make their own so i think this is the year you're gonna definitely get your agent fingers crossed fingers crossed i mean that'd be amazing that is the next step for me though so yeah i I think it's super achievable yeah you got this uh Will, what are you excited about? What are you worried about? Tell us something. I mean, for writing wise, I'm not. I, I'm not really. I don't want to say I'm not worried. I'm not in the same league as all of you guys, so I am not planning on sending anything out. I am planning on just writing, and I'm going to just write till the end of the year. Um. I am super focused on my art. I'm super focused on school and getting that done um, and showcasing like other artwork and other avenues. Um, But as far as my writing, I think this year is just all about writing as much as I can, sharing it with my um, writing group and sharing it with others. And then if I feel like anything short story wise or novella wise is ready to go out, then I'll send it out. But as of right now, I don't think I really have anything that is worthy to go out yet, in my opinion. So I'm just worried. I want to make sure that I just keep not to be a pun, but like, I just <laughs> really just want to keep writing. That's Very the idea is just to allow the creativity to flow. Cause sometimes I, block it you know with thoughts of not feeling like i'm good enough or that i'm talented enough or my imagination's big enough or can i write a sentence properly you know so i think i'm more worried about myself stopping me um and i'm more just excited about on the flip side being as creative as possible because what i'm really learning and it took me a long time to get here is i'm happiest when I'm creative, I'm happiest when I'm actually creating and producing stuff. And I can't run away from that anymore because it's more and more apparent that it is what brings me the most peace and joy. And 
I'll pick I'll piggyback on what you said, the last thing you said, because I that's my worry is that without school driving me and stuff like that right now and with my job and everything else I'm going through, like my big concern is that I'm just not I'm not doing it because I get so bogged down. Like I don't want to get so bogged down in like the other stuff that I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I my biggest my big worry is like, okay, I've got I have gotta get enough, you know, time and energy to work on my thesis stuff. But have I worked on a side project any time in the last year? No. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at, I think, right now with that. You know what too is I think I've also learned because I'm starting I'm starting to. This sounds terrible, but I think I'm getting to a really happy place with a lot of different things, even though some things have been like a struggle bus. Um, my relationships um, and certain ones are just going really well that I didn't expect. And I know from my past, I actually don't write good when I'm sad. I don't mm-hmm. write good when things are stressful. I actually write my best when I'm actually happiest. And I think a lot of that have been learning to surround myself with people who want good things for me and want to see me create. And I think when you find people or that someone that makes you feel really um, more like yourself, that that can be really powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I worry too, like about I, I am happy when I'm creating, but like, it's so easy. It's so easy to be like, well, I got to take care of this first. I got to take care of my kids first. I got to take care of my wife first. I got to take care of this stuff first. And, and I feel like I keep putting it off of it. And so I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited I, to see what I come up with. Cause I know I will, <laughs> but uh, yeah. What were you going to say? I know. I agree. Like, I feel like my journey has been, and even like just since we've all met, I was really going through this internal battle and strife of, of having value, right? Like, can I do this? And like the last four months specifically, it's like, I've shocked myself in so many different ways. And I really believe it's meeting the three of you and watching all of you do so well. Like, you know, what I think what Brent said earlier, you know, we're not in competition with each other. We're in competition with Netflix. Um, it's, <laughs> for real. We need to get um, to talk about what we've been watching, which will, that'll be on our next one. We'll talk um, about another episode. <laughs> but I think like that good energy. Um, and when you have people who really believe in you and want you to succeed, that feeds it in and of itself. And I think that's really important. For sure. Nick? Close us out, man. We're we're at we're at the time. We've talked a lot. Let me let's circle back. What is the original question? I asked, what are you worried about and what are you excited about writing wise coming up? Since, oh, man. since it might be a couple months before we sit down and talk like this again. Yeah. So I mean, for me, what I'm worried about is imposter syndrome, right? Am I good enough? Am I meant to do this? Like, or am I just getting by, right? Um, so so, some self-confidence things got to work on there, but, um, I kind of like what Brent said though, too. Like, I don't want to lose steam. Um, for me, what that looks like, what I'm worried about is I get done with school and then I feel like I can't produce because I'm not held to deadline, weekly deadlines and like mandatory writing a thousand words a day and stuff like that. Um, so I want to be able to, you know, I'm worried about after school can i keep it up yeah you got a pun no 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 you talk about I, my age no no i wasn't even going there wow negative an answer well, you're the um, pervert of the group so i just <laughs> nick, nick was nick, nick, wow. wow he was ready for you to like jab him will yeah right, look how many times does will say something and it's usually sexual in nature and everyone else is like how did that happen I don't know what you're talking about. I think he was um, saying you, you might have said a comment coming up, some innuendo or something. But I think I think he was going to say something nice and constructive. I wasn't going to talk. I, profound thing was yeah, coming up. I wasn't even going to talk about fisting for once. Okay. <laughs> See, um, there we go. I was waiting for that to come back. <laughs> um, 
no. Uh. So I hear what you're saying, um, Nick, but I, I want to say that when I finished my creative writing um, at Columbia, I did take a break. It was really hard for me because I don't think, while I loved my program in a lot of ways, I don't think I needed to like, I needed to like decompress. Right. And pretty much out of my little group that graduated, I'm the only one who's not published. I'm the only one. Every single one has, which some people are surprised about that. But this is also what I'm learning. Art of any sort needs the conditions and the focus to come out right. And I really have learned the hard way and also watching people struggle themselves and then become successful. I put work out there. Um, And when I went and saw Daniel uh, Jose Older a couple months ago, he said this, I didn't write for one whole year. Recently, this happened recently. He didn't write for one whole year. And you know what he said? I'm still a writer. Things are working. That's crazy. I think we just have to know that we're artists, right? We could have a string of best hits and then hit a dry spell for years. And then we suddenly have hits. We need to understand that we just need to show up and do the work. Right? Because a lot of things, and you know, listen, I know sometimes that's also a privilege structure, everyone. Like sometimes it's a privilege just to be able to just show up and do the work um, and not worry about money. But, you know, um, I just think you show up, you do the work, you give yourself grace. If after school you need to decompress, because I think anytime someone has come from deadline of finishing a novel, they're like a wreck. They need a break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my own pace has definitely slowed down since the Hugo. I will not lie. Like I have, definitely i had to i had to it was just like uh, it was to a point was like i i had to come to a realization i was like how much have i given up in terms of having a life trying to pursue this and you know it got to a point where i was like you know i want a life too like i want to have both and Mm -hmm. if that means slowing down on the creative side then so be it and honestly i think the thing is too is like Art is birthed from life. So if you have to take a break to live and to, you know, exist, I guarantee when you come back, you'll come back with so much like a a refreshed creative spirit because you will have so much more to draw upon. And, you know, it's like you got to live like writing isn't just the pen to paper. Writing is going to the movies, going to concerts, having conversations, seeing friends you haven't seen in a long time. Um, you know, dealing with dealing with personal issues, whatever, all of that is um is is creation or is a source of creation. So I don't think losing steam is and I'm saying this as much for myself as I am for anybody else, um, slowing down isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I wanna piggyback off that because there's something uh that I'm doing in the fall called um Inktober, right? It mm. is thirty days that I'm going to draw something and I'm inking it and I'm putting it out. Right. But then what we do in November, it's called slow, slow member, slow November or like slow November, slow November. That's what it's called. <laughs> I had to think. And what it means is that instead of producing um, a piece of art for 30 days that I'm going to illustrate in ink, I'm going to work on one project for one whole month. And I think we got to remember that, that, creativity sometimes will come into a burst but then we need to also understand that sometimes it is slow and it is it is just you know hard and when those days happen like you got to give yourself grace you got to say like all right this is just a moment but as long as you you know do three sentences a day just do three sentences a day you know you're still a writer you're still doing stuff and i personally think for you and marshall and i i think for all of us we're doing a podcast on writing. There is a little bit of pressure there, everyone, right? Like a good pressure to talk about our journeys, to talk about our work, because it is going to happen. And I, I said this like a year and a half ago. I feel like our podcast is like a journal entry, a diary enter- entry into our creative journeys so that when we all are publishing work, 
when we're all being really successful, we can really look back and listen to ourselves and be like, oh, I was there at that point. That's where it is. And we can remind ourselves that art has highs and lows, you know, it has highs and lows. I like, you know, I think for Brent, for you, like you had all this excitement and all this buildup and everything. And it was really coming to terms with you've given so much, but now you need to give back to yourself. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, Maurice, <laughs> Maurice cut to the core of, he cut to the core of me in a way I didn't know I needed at at, at, in, um, at the Hugo's. When he told me, he was like, I see you and it is okay if you need to do your thing for a little bit. And I didn't even know I needed to hear that, but I needed to hear it, mm-hmm. you know, it, because yeah, like for five I mean, I just left the like social media management for fire, but like for five, six years there, I've been consistently submitting, being in writing groups, trying to uh, finish novels, querying, pitch contests, helping with these conventions, this, that, and that. And it was just like, I am exhausted. Like, I don't have anything to give myself at anymore. So, yeah, I think it was just, it just came to a point where I had to realize one, like, you've done enough and it, and if you quit today and never did anything else you have done more than most people have done and um and two that it is it is you got to forgive yourself for the things that you couldn't get to and then now you got to move forward for the things that you want to do and it's okay to be selfish there's nothing that and I think Maurice kind of said it this too he was like you being selfish now it will allow you to be of a greater help to people later. So keep that in mind as well. So Nick, tell us what you're excited about and still scared about. <clears throat> I'm actually excited about my thesis, uh, my novel I'm going to be writing over the next year for school. So for me, it is I'm going for The Witcher meets Stranger Things season one. So that's the goal. It's uh, the main theme about it. Um, is in discussion with the foster care system in the U.S., specifically Utah, how that's handled and how it's not handled in certain cases and stuff like that. So that's that's a fun project for me just because I volunteered with a lot of foster youth before in the past and kind of heard their stories and seen the, their experiences. So it'll be fun to kind of visit that again. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's my main thing is I'm I'm chomping at the bit to start writing it even though I don't have everything done that I need to have done for it but yeah that's me in a nutshell well as we close out I'm going to add one more thing guys uh, we talk obviously off mic often via text or whatever um, some of us talk to each other more often than and, and we, we lean on each other right um, and for, for me right now like the stuff I'm worried about I know will happen but like you guys were saying, like Brent was saying, it's time to like be a little selfish, I think, and work towards that, um, that writing goal. But at the same time, like I'm super stoked to leave town and hang out with my family, like my larger family for the first time in a few years. And when I come back, I cannot wait to, um, like Nick said, to get working on diving into this thesis and write this book. You know, because I am excited about it. And and I think that we have to take those moments and we have to lean on the people around us. And I think that's kind of what this community is. And this is kind of what I need you guys for. So I appreciate you. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to do this tonight because um, I feel like we don't do it enough anymore. But for obvious reasons, we listened to the last 50 minutes. Those are the reasons. So I think I think it's important. Um, any last words before we take uh, off? Yeah, just uh, this is more for the audience. So um, do not think, don't um, dismiss the value of like being selfish in terms of like doing something fun for yourself, taking time out to spend time with people that you enjoy, doing things you enjoy, because I think society so often gives you the message that fun and leisure and these things aren't really serious and aren't things to be taken seriously. And it's like, it's the complete opposite. Those things are necessary 
for you to be any kind of serious creator. You have to have fun and leisure and free time. And, you know, you again, I understand some of that's coming from a privileged perspective. But I agree. I'm going to where you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, the, someone, some, one, one of these Instagram gurus right off going to Instagram is like, not Instagram, sorry, going to Disneyland is like, oh, you should be reading three self-help books instead of going to Disneyland. It's like, no, fuck that. Like you need to, you need your leisure time. That's that stuff is important, and it should be taken seriously. And you should carve out the time for it. So, good. Anybody else? Nick, I'm here. This is what I like doing. I, I like being with you guys. I, you know, what's funny is I text you all individually at certain different parts of the day or different parts of the week just to say hi. And it's like it's funny. Sometimes I text some of you more when I'm struggling. I don't even realize it. Yeah. I don't tell you which parts I'm struggling with when I text <laughs> you, but but just to that's, that's like the community that you need to. I mean, that's important. You know, you lean on the people you need to when you need them. You know, absolutely. This is what I mean. This this is literally why we started the podcast. Indeed. And this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. You can find us at justkeepwriting.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to any of us on our social medias, and please jump in our Just Keep Writing Discord channel. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Lastly, please support our show by going to patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. We offer daily writing prompts, early access to podcast episodes, and much more. Thanks for listening, and just keep writing. (laughs) 